0: Welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, uh, owner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Um, I'm going to kick off this episode by saying sorry about being on a hiatus for a few weeks here uh, with some reruns, but um, I congratulate RVN TV for moving their studios, and we're in a beautiful, beautiful studio, but it's still a little bit under construction, and I can't help but laugh, but uh, behind me is it's not exactly uh the the finished set yet but i really look forward to it it's a beautiful studio and i can't wait to have guests come in uh to be able to see it so anyway what we're going to do today is something a little bit different than what we've done in the past Um, for starters we always uh you know my belief is uh, education and knowledge are powerful and what i like to talk about is the six areas of of financial planning and provide an educational experience to the viewer Uh, Sometimes I bring in guests uh, who are knowledgeable in a particular subject, and other times I go on a soliloquy. And what I'm going to do today is different than what I've done. In fact, I'm going to take this over the next few weeks, is I'm going to utilize case studies. Now, let me fully disclose the case study. It's not actually a specific client, per se, that I've had in the past. What I'm doing is utilizing an event or a client or something like that that occurred to provide me with the idea. So therefore, what I did is I changed the names, I changed the actual facts of the situation because the whole idea is to really provide a real life type of thing that we run into as financial planners so that I can at least elaborate on some of the cool things that we come across. And again, it's all about education and I certainly hope that you as the viewer can gain something or know something, somebody who can learn something from it. So, let us start with a case by the name of Joe. Okay, all right, Joe, what we're gonna talk about is, in this particular instance, is uh, Social Security. Okay, it's a Social Security uh, situation that came up. So, here we go, Joe is turning full retirement age in December, okay, in fact, birthdays, December 2nd. And as it pertains to Social Security, you're born on December 1st, December 15th, or December 31st. For Social Security purposes, you turn on that first day of the month. So, God bless Joe. He's got a 13-year-old son, okay? I'll leave it at that. Anyway, so Joe has a 13-year-old son and he's turned full retirement age, and he said, Mike, he said, you know, uh, I would like to be able to collect Social Security, um, but, You know, because once you reach full retirement age, or actually, let me rephrase, once you begin to draw Social Security, if you have a child under the age of 16, they can also draw 50% of what your full retirement age Social Security is. Okay, great. Well, herein lies the problem. So, the issues that he has is, well, first of all, let's back up. So, Joe makes roughly $80,000 a year, okay, and he contributes to his 401k and his full retirement age social security is $2,600 a month. So, now, what are his issues? issues? Well, again, he he would like to be able to collect social security because as I indicated before, if he begins to collect social security, a minor child can actually collect 50% of what his full retirement age social security would be. Great. So in other words, if he's drawing Social Security, guess what, his son can be getting $1,300 a month. However, he's not at full retirement age. And I've had, if you look at previous broadcasts, I've had two episodes on Social Security planning, and I I drive you to the second one. Um, it, It was, I thought really got into it. But what happens here is if you're beginning to draw Social Security benefits Prior to hitting full retirement age, you are restricted as to how much earned income you can make. Now, let me be clear, because this question is asked of me all the time. Earned income, that doesn't mean any income that you may receive from pensions. It doesn't reflect income of of dividends, capital gains, or if you're pulling money from an IRA. That doesn't count. Okay, so only thing that counts is earned income. So then there's two time horizons, okay? Time horizon one, being early, is if you're not allowed to earn more than 1630 bucks a month, or multiply that by 12 and it's $19,560 a, month, a year, but you can't earn more than 1630 a month, okay? Except a special rule is that if you are in the year of full retirement age, then you can actually make up to like $51,000. Oh, it's a big difference. Now, mind you, this particular case was a couple years ago. So, in fact, at the time, it was $48,000. But the object still remains the same. The whole idea is here he is. He is in the year of turning full retirement age. and said, hey, Joe, I said, I have an idea. This is something that you could do. Okay, and again, this is something that everyone can do because quite frankly, I've come across this a few times before and we've done this several times before we've made recommendations that the client could take home and decide whether he does it or not. Anyway, so I said, do you trust your employer? Yes. Okay, does your employer trust you? Yes. I said, I got an idea. I said, why don't you back down on your income between January 1st and November 30th. I said, if you back down your income, then you'll be under that threshold of making like 50 grand in the year between January and the end of November. He goes, well, what about the rest of it? I said, well, if you trust your employer, why don't you see if your employer will bonus you the rest of the money in the final month of the year. He said, but Mike, if if I am making only 48 grand or 50 grand a year or $4,000 a month, I can't afford to live. I said, okay, understandable. May I ask you another question? Well, first of all, let's put this into perspective. If you were to do this, aren't you collecting social security along the way? As a matter of fact, I am, good point. I said, well, let me ask you another question. How exactly does your company match your 401k? Because I don't want to see you losing 401k match. And that's another issue that comes up plenty of times during my travels with clients. Clients will not contribute enough to their 401k and miss company match. Now, that could not be because of the fact that, I'm not contributing my 4% or whatever, but what happens a lot of times is people will contribute their entire amount for a portion of the year and then the remaining months, they're not contributing anything and they lose out. In this particular instance, or lose out on match, in this particular instance, I'm kind of flipping it and saying, can you make your contribution all at once in December? So we reviewed, again, it's called the summary plan description. Every company who has a 401k is required to have a document called the summary plan description. It's basically the document that specifies all the rules and regulations associated with the 401k. The rules and regulations will talk about the company match, the vesting schedule as to when you're vested in your match. It'll talk about whether you're available to contribute to a Roth 401k. Do they have it? Are you allowed to take loans? Are you allowed to convert from traditional 401k to Roth 401k, or are you allowed to take what's determined as an in-service distribution, meaning pulling money out of the 401k? So, I digress, but those are all the different things that are in the summary plan description. I said, Joe, can you come up with your summary plan description? He said, sure. So, provides the summary plan description, we review it, and I said, lo and behold, here's another thing they match the 401k not as you go along but in his particular instance what the company does is they match the 401k based upon how much did you contribute during the course of the year so in his case they match dollar for dollar up to four percent but rather than it being all along the way, as long as he contributed 4% of his overall salary during the course of the year, he's gonna get the full match. So under those circumstances, it turned out to be pretty cool. He was able to um, not contribute to his 401k from January to November, because he didn't have, like his cash flow was tough. He was used to contributing almost 20% to his 401k. But he couldn't do it because of the fact that, you know, I already stripped him of his income. Okay, Even though he was getting social security, he wasn't able to afford contributing to the 401k. So this all turned out to be pretty cool. At the end of the day, he did talk to his employer, and thank goodness it was a private employer, and he'd been with the employer for 20, 30 years. Certainly had a very good relationship with the employer. So the employer worked the deal with him. and. and Joe worked out the deal that what he was able to do is reduce his income so that from January to the end of November, when he was considered early retirement, so from January to November, he made under the threshold of Social Security limit, the earnings limit, which enabled him to not lose any of the Social Security. So in other words, he got his full Social Security amount minus five-ninths of a percent for 11 months, which I believe was something like 131 bucks. No big deal because it spreads out over his lifetime. But now his son picked up $1,300 a month for those 11 months that if he had waited until full retirement age, then he would have lost out on all of that. So as far as his son. So, then what I'll do is I'll take a look in what's called the break-even analysis. Now, what's a break-even analysis? The break-even analysis is that how long will it take, because of the fact that he's collecting it earlier, he's taken a reduction in his actual benefit. And so the question is, is at what age would you be uh, better off if you waited and took the higher dollar amount. Well, actuarially speaking, it usually ends up being roughly age 79. In this particular instance, by the nature of his son picking up that $1,300 a month for those 11 months, made it so that his break-even age was all the way out to age 88. So in fact, it turns out that In December, when he got bonused, the remaining like 30 grand, he was able to subsequently put the maximum amount of the entire year that he wanted to normally put into his retirement plan. He did not lose out on being able to contribute the maximum amount to his 401k. He did not lose out on any company match. And his social security benefit, albeit was reduced, but it was reduced on an actuarial basis that kind of doesn't matter anyway, and here his son picked up $1,300 a month for 11 months. So, as I recall from this particular instance, quite frankly, this is what happens a lot of times when I'm dealing with clients, is that they come in with a particular goal in mind, and as I'm reviewing all of their stuff, This is something that I come up with and say, hey, have you considered doing something like this? And this is just an example of how you can maximize social security. Trust me when I tell you, social security benefits are, it's a very complex system, but if you know how to navigate that system, you have a much greater chance of being able to maximize the system and improve the amount that you can get out of it. So that is my case study for the first segment of this episode. And I will be bringing up another case study in the second segment of my episode after this commercial break. Thanks for viewing. I will be back with you in a few more moments where we can go over the next episode or the next case study. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary, no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained, and I'm your host still, uh, Mike Manager, certified financial planner, owner and founder of Manager Associates Financial Planning. Uh, in the first segment, we went through a uh, case scenario. I'd uh, like to do another one today. And once again, uh, there's my disclosure. You know, these case scenarios are initiated by actual occurrences that I have, but they only serve as ideas because it's remarkable how. You know, I just need ideas and so I take some of things that happened, experiences we all live and learn based on experiences well I'm utilizing some of my experiences to be able to provide opportunities to touch upon a lot of different cool things that hopefully you as the lear, uh, as the viewer can learn because to me it's all about education and knowledge are powerful so let's talk about Sherry okay well here we got Sherry 64-year-old female, okay, and she's been working for this company for, God, 20-something years, I believe 24 years, something like that, 20-plus years. And I get a call from her husband around 8.30 on a Monday morning, poor Sherry's in tears, okay? She walks in to work on Monday morning to a pink slip, okay? Apparently the company went through a big old round of layoffs And unfortunately, she was a casualty. And so he said, "Um, can we set up an appointment with you sometime later in the week? Maybe you available Wednesday or Thursday. And I said, absolutely not. I said, you need to come in right now. Can you be here in an hour? And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I had the availability that morning. And, you know, you just can't let somebody suffer on this, let's talk about it. So, fine. Came in in about an hour, and so we sat down and said, all right, so tell me what's going on. So, got laid off. I said, well, tell me more about it. Well, you know, they're gonna give a severance. Okay, well, that's good. Okay, you know, one week a year. I'm like, okay, that's good. Uh, It's 24 weeks. And so, and she's like, well, what am I gonna do about medical insurance? Like well, okay, we can deal with that. Are they providing you with medical insurance? Yes, but not for only like two months. But I'm 64. I don't turn 65 until next year when Medicare. I'm like okay, we'll talk about that. And you know what am I going to do? I you know I I I I've had all this income. What am I going to do now? I said, all right. Well, let's talk about that too. So we sat down and kind of went through everything. And I said, let's talk about this for a moment. Well. Her severance was a lump sum. Rather than being paid for the next 24 weeks, she was receiving a lump sum benefit, which at the time, when you received a lump sum benefit, you could begin collecting unemployment immediately. Now, the rules have changed a little bit that it's based upon how much your severance was and you'll be delayed for a while until you get it, but at the time, you could begin collecting unemployment like, okay. So she's getting her severance and unemployment. She's got a severance lump sum, okay, big chunk of change, unemployment. And I said, don't you have a pension there? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, what's stopping you from taking your pension? She says, well, I couldn't take my pension because I was working. I said, tell me more about your pension. So we were going through it, and it turns out that her pension had been frozen. Frozen several years ago. What does that mean when a pensions frozen? Uh, don't get scared because you hear this a lot of times and I know a handful of other companies have frozen pensions. Basically, they stopped doing a pension because the cost of running a pension is really high and companies weren't in the business of people living longer. I'm going to pay you $2,000 a month for the rest of your life. I have no idea. People are living longer. So, Companies got out of pensions and what they did is they kind of changed and, and, and were contributing more to people's 401ks, et cetera, et cetera. So she had a pension from several years ago. She couldn't begin collecting the pension until after she retired. But the fact of the matter is, is when a pension is frozen, what it is is that, like most pensions, most pensions are based upon number of years you worked there times your salary times a certain percentage. Well, since this pension was frozen probably eight to 10 years earlier, what happened was her number of years working there stopped, okay, and the number and her salary was from whatever it was at that time. So in fact, it turns out she was delaying her pension not by choice, but because she was continuing to work. So in other words, by her getting laid off, released the pension, because it didn't change how much she got because the pension was based upon how much you earn, how much money you were making, number of years, and, uh, and a percentage. Well, that didn't change, because it was frozen. So in fact, by her being laid off, unfroze the pension. Now she could begin collecting the pension. And I said, all right, now let's keep going. So I said, wait a minute. I said, you can get your pension now immediately, you can get unemployment, Okay, oh, by the way, you just got a 24-week severance. And guess what? You're eligible to collect Social Security. So we took it all together. We looked at how much she was drawing and it ended up being substantially more than how much she was making when she was working. I have to tell you, in all my years as a financial planner, this is the first and the only time I could ever say I found someone quadruple dipping, collecting severance, collecting unemployment, collecting Social Security, and collecting her pension. It's the only time and may also be the only time I ever see it because the unemployment rules have changed. So that solved her income issue, but what about medical insurance? Well, guess what? I said, Sherry, I said, first of all, you can go onto your husband's plan. I said, you know, we talked about it because her, her husband was there. I said, you know, can she? Yeah, absolutely she can go onto my plan. I said, well, there you go. So now you can go on to your husband's health insurance plan until such time that you turn 65 next year. So... By the time all was said and done, I stood up, walked around the desk, gave her a big hug. I said, congratulations on getting laid off two hours ago. How are you feeling now? And I'm telling you what, this is what makes it worth it being a financial planner. Um, you don't get these cases that happen all the time. Um, but you know periodically, I say a few times a year, uh, eh, probably more than that, I'm sure it's way more than that, but you know, when we can make a difference in people's lives because we can come up with ideas and solutions that they may not otherwise come up with themselves. I mean, fact of the matter is, is this is what we do every day, okay? But one of the things that I've told people is like, you know, I got, I've got one giant advantage over you. And do you know what that is? You're like, oh, well, you have experience. You're... No, 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 it's not that. Believe it or not, We as financial planners, the big advantage that we have over our clients is that we don't have the same emotional connection. Which means that what happens a lot of times is that the solution may be staring them in the face, but they just don't see it because the emotion gets in the way of them being able to make sound decisions. And so we also play psychologists too and talk to almost any financial planner out there and they'll tell you the same thing. That we serve not only as the psychologist and to come up with the cool ideas, but you know, it's all good. And let me tell you something, you know, sappy as it may sound, I love what I do because it's situations like this that we really, really help people and we took people and we take people all the time off the shelf, off the cliff, you know, ready to jump, and here is a perfect example. And I'm telling you what, it, it, the feel-good moments that we have as financial planners are absolutely second to none. And you know, I think our profession is probably close only to nurses, doctors, and any other profession that really does make a difference in people's lives. So you know, here is an example, uh, again, of the six areas of financial planning. We talked about them. You got cash management, tax planning, um, uh, risk management, which is insurance planning, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. And you know, they're all integrated. And inevitably, whenever we're dealing with people, you, they may come walking in and asking us about one thing, but we end up talking about most other things because they're integrated. And this is such a rewarding career. I can't begin to tell you, I love helping people. But anyway, Uh, Once again, it's about education and knowledge. Uh, That's the way I feel, and that's my firm. I disseminate that to my staff. That's how we are. And so uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you learned something from this. Um, And, again, look for my next couple episodes. I like this idea of using, you know, call it real-life scenarios as a foundation of coming up with ideas of things that we can talk about so thank you very much for tuning in i hope you have a wonderful day and signing off uh, mike manager with financial planning explained i hope you have a great day and week.